Hey, thank you for listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are streamed. You can also visit PraiseChapelLasVegas.com and follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas to stay connected with PCLV. Thank you again for listening. Here comes today's message. I want to just start, guys, by, by telling you guys what an honor it is to be here. I don't know if everybody knows this, but um, Pastor Art and Pastor Maria, they, they, they helped us out a whole lot. I mean, a whole lot when we started our church. We're, we're over in the north, what is it, northwest side. Um, started off, Actually, we started off our church just down the street at these, these apartments right here in Flamingo and, and Pecos. And uh, 700 square feet, guys, no bigger than, than where I'm standing right now. And we went outreach in our apartment complex. And, and uh, Pastor Art and, and Pastor Maria and where's Brother Fino? Come on, Sister Veronica. They, they, they helped us out tremendously, guys. I, was, I, I, I came from uh, Fresno, California. And uh, I, when, I got, when I got a job, when God sent me, called me to Vegas, my pastor told me, you're going to have to go get yourself a job. You're going to have to, you know, establish yourself out there and then take your family. So that's what I did. You know, God opened up every door, guys. You guys understand God opens up doors, right? And he opens up those doors that, that nobody can shut. Those, those are the ones that he, can, he opens. Come on, somebody. And uh, so he opened up a bunch of doors for me. And, and you know, long story short, we get here. We start in our apartment. We, I, I, I didn't want any kind of conflict, you know, because I already knew that this church was here. He's been here for years. And so I thought to myself, oh, God, send me to the other side of town. And God did so. He opened up a door for me and my wife to get a house out there. We're just renting, but we're renting a house out there. We ended up getting into a YMCA, starting the church out there. And guys, you come on. Many of you have been to our, our two and three and four-year anniversaries. And, and God is just moving tremendously, guys. But I, I, I say that because I, got, I want you guys to understand what kind of pastor you have. <laughs> Come on. He's that individual that will give you the shirt off of his back. He's that individual that you can call at midnight and say, look, Pastor, I'm, I'm, about, ready to, I'm about ready to do this thing, man, and, and, and I don't want to do it. And he'll be the one that prays in the Holy Spirit to get you out of that situation. Come on, somebody. He's the kind of pastor that when other pastors come into town, you know, I'm going to tell you guys, when, when, when other pastors come into a, to a town, sometimes... The pastors that are already there get a little jealous. And they start, well, what are they doing in my town? You know, I've been here, you know, 15 years. You know, what do they want to come over here for? Not your pastors. They said, come on in. We're going we're gonna, to, let's fellowship. Let's, let's meet every once in a while. We can, you, you know, if there's any questions that you have, I've been here. I know the city. Whatever, whatever it is that you have, any questions you have, come on and we'll work them out. And he has helped us, guys. Tremendously, we, I, I don't even know if we would still be a church if it wasn't for your pastors, to be honest with you. I just, want, I just wanted to, to, uh, to honor your pastors today because I almost consider them my pastors, to be honest with you. <laughs> Amen. But this is one of those things, guys, where God, I just, I just wanted to say that because it is such an honor to be here, man. It is an honor to be here. When I got the call and, 
And uh, Pastor Art said, um, hey, will you preach for me on, on, uh, on the 20th? You know, he's, I'm going to be in Italy. I said, well, can't we just switch places? Send me to Italy. You can preach. It's your church. Uh, he didn't have that. It didn't work. I'm here. You guys have stuck with me. Hey, I tried. But it, but uh, uh, again, guys, it just, when I got that call, man, I got excited. And, and I was like, man, you, because, see, look, I've only been doing this for four years, guys. I've been saved a little bit over 20, but I've only been pastoring for four. So when a pastor, like Pastor Art, calls you and says, hey, will you preach in my church? You know, you get tingles and you get scared and your palms start sweating and stuff. And I'm like, uh, yeah, Pastor Art, I'll preach. That's how I felt. I'm not lying. I'm just saying. So I might, I might stutter up here a little bit, but guys, I, I really believe God has a word for, your, for this particular church at this particular time for you particular people. And we're going to be reading out of John, guys. Reading out of the book of John, chapter 11. Thank you, sir. And I've, I've actually entitled this message, hear me on this, guys, from the tomb to the table. I really believe that God today, guys, wants to take people from the tomb to the table. And I'll explain that on the way. I have a lot of scripture uh, that I'm going to read, guys. So please just follow along with me. And I'm going to break some stuff down because I want to share some things with you that are going to impact your life. Not because I'm saying it, guys. Listen, not because I'm saying anything. This is because Holy Spirit is speaking to you today. I have prayed and prayed. God, please don't let it be me up there. I pray that every, every word that comes out of my mouth is straight from your heart, God. I need them to hear you, Jesus, not me. I know that you'll use people like me that are loud and obnoxious to get your word out there, but hey, I'll take it. Amen? From the tomb to the table, John chapter 11, and we're going to start in verse 1, guys. i got to put on my gaggles here real quick because I'm going blind. I'm getting old, man. My beard is changing colors. About to wash that gray right out of my hair. See, if you're old, you know what that means. No Grecian formula. Come on, somebody. Anyway. See, she's got it again. Somebody's got it. John chapter 11, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. Listen to this, guys. It says this. Now, a man was sick, Lazarus, from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Everybody remember Mary and Martha? We're going to talk about them a little bit, too his feet with her hair and it was her brother Lazarus who was sick so the sisters sent a message to him to the God Lord the one that you love is sick now when Jesus heard it he said listen to this guys he said this sickness will not end in death but is for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it now, let, let me stop there real quick, guys. Oh, you got it up there. Praise God. When Jesus heard this, look what he says, guys. He says, the sickness will not end in death. Can I give you a little bit of a spoiler alert? He died. Lazarus died. So when you first read this, it doesn't make any sense. And, I'm, and I, this is what I try to do, guys. I try to put my place in in. in, in in their shoes, in, in Martha and Mary's shoes. If it was my brother and I went to Jesus and I said, Lord, the one that you, that you, that you love, he's sick. And Jesus, if Jesus was to tell me, don't trip. It's not going to end in death. 
I would walk in every confidence. Oh, he's going to live then. I'm not going to worry about it. But what happens, though, guys? He dies. Now, I don't know about you, but that can mess with somebody's faith. Come on. That can mess with somebody's belief in Jesus. When Jesus tells you that something's going to happen and it doesn't. Come on, somebody. Am I the only one? There's been times, guys, where I've prayed for certain things. I've prayed for certain things. I've fasted for certain things. And I'm praying to the right one. I know I'm praying to Jesus who can do anything. And it just doesn't happen the way he tells me that it's going to happen. Or the way I perceive it's supposed to happen. Come on, somebody. He says, this is not going to end in death. But look what he says this. Look what he says here. But it's for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Can I, can, I, can I share something with you guys real quick? God allowed, listen to me guys, God allowed us to live the life that we lived to glorify him. You're looking at an old gang-banging, alcoholic, idiot. Come on. Bro- broke all the commandments. I was looking for commandments to break. Come on. But God used it, because think about this with me, guys. If you knew me from before, if you knew the things that I had done before, you would even trip out and say, how is that guy behind that pulpit? So that the Son of God, come on somebody, can be glorified. The life that you've lived, the life that you're living, I don't know who's saved and who's not saved. I don't know who's visiting in this place. Come on. The life that you might be living right now is being lived so that you can glorify God. You know why, guys? Because God wants to change your life. He wants to do something miraculous in your life. He wants to give you life and life more abundant according to the scriptures. Come on. Because I don't know about you guys, but when I was in the world, guys, I didn't have no life abundant. I I was just living. I, I was just living. I was a living dead person, to be honest with you. I was just living in sin. I didn't have no way out. I didn't know how to get myself out. I just kept doing it. I finally came to the conclusion that if this is my life, I might as well live it to the fullest. I might as well be the worst of the worst and make a name for myself, so to speak. But God had other plans. You know, I, I really pray, I hope and pray that nobody has to reach the rock bottom that I had to reach. I'm hoping that you haven't reached your rock bottom and that this message today is going to set you free. Is gonna is gonna remind you and let you know. You know what? I can have that things can change. I, I I don't have to struggle with the struggles that I'm struggling with now. I don't have to continue living this life that I'm living now. There is a change. There is a, there is a difference that God wants to make. He wants to save me. He wants to take me and make me new. Come on, somebody. The life that you've lived or the life that you're living is so that God can be glorified. Let me move on. Chapter, uh, verse, verse 5. Look what it says here. It says, Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. Ah, I got to stop there too. I got to stop there real quick. <laughs> you, does everybody understand in this place that God loves you? Can, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I tell you? Jesus absolutely loves you. I mean, so much, guys. Come on. So much that he would put himself 
on a cross. You know, everybody debates, oh, well, who killed Jesus? Oh, the Jews did or the Gentiles did or the, the Romans did and these people did. No, no, Jesus, God, you ever hear me, guys? God killed his son. It says it pleased the father that his son would be, would be crucified. It pleased him. Why? Because of you. Because of me. Because he was the bridge, guys. He was the, he was the one that, that, that uh, made it possible for us to be what Jesus himself said. Nobody comes to the Father except you go through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come on. And it pleased God to set his son down to this earth to be crucified for our benefit. Jesus killed Jesus. And I'm not talking about suicide, guys. I'm talking about he allowed himself to be placed on a cross, to have nails put into his hands, to have nails in his feet, to have chunks of his beard ripped off, to have two-inch thorns stuck inside of his skull because he loves you. That's love, guys. You're not going to catch me doing that for you. I'm going to tell you that right now. That is real, real love. If somebody would go through something, something so tragic as that because he loves somebody, come on. That's, that's what love is, guys. Love is action, guys. You know, everybody gets all this, oh, they don't love me anymore. They don't love me. Love is action. Love is not a bunch of words. Jesus took action. He took action in this place. I'm telling you guys, he did something about it. He did something because God loves you. He made sure that you had a way to him. Amen? Jesus, and it says right here, Jesus loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Verse 6. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was at. Then after that, he said to his disciples, let's go to Judea again. Now we're going to skip over to uh, verse 11 real quick, guys. Verse 11 says this. He said this, and then this is talking about Jesus. He said this, and then he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am on my way to wake him up. Somebody needs to wake up in this place. <laughs> Jesus is here to wake you up. You are here, guys, specifically because Jesus wants to wake you up. Man, I'm telling you guys, man, we're, we have fallen asleep on Christ. We have fallen asleep on the idea of how much power he really has. We get weak in our flesh and start thinking, well, God can't take care of this particular thing for me. Well, Jesus is here to wake you up. I don't know about you, but my mama, when it was time for school, the way she woke me up is, pow, wake up, mule. Go get your post-toasties. You know, for years, I thought post-toasties was a real cereal, but it was actually post-toasties. They were post-toasties. You know, every time we went to go get cereal, what are we going to get? I'll get some post-toasties, mom. Anyway, Sorry. It's post-toasties time, guys. Jesus is here to wake you up and to reveal himself to you, to let you know it's time to get up. Get up out of that place that you're in. And, and listen, guys, there's going to be a moment in this place where God is going to reveal to you where you're at. Come on, somebody. Some of you ain't going to like it. See, this is why I like preaching to other people's churches, because I ain't got to come back. Ay, 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 here he goes. I'm going to buy him some postosis and leave him outside. He's here to wake us up, guys. Verse 12. Then the disciples said to him, Lord, 
If he has fallen asleep, he'll get well. In other words, let him rest. If he gets some rest, he'll, he'll, he'll get better. But Jesus, however, was speaking about his death. But they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus then told them plainly, Lazarus has died. Now, can you see the conflict here, guys? Well, wait a minute, Jesus. What do you mean Lazarus has died? You just told us this wasn't going to end in death. How, how, I, don't underst I don't understand what you're doing here, guys. Or God, I'm sorry. I don't understand what you're doing here, Jesus. You already told us, and you've never lied to us before. So how is it that you're telling me that he's dead? You told us already he wasn't, it wasn't going to end in death. Hear me on this, guys. God is never going to do things the way you think. He's never going to do them the way that you think they're going to happen. Ever. Me and my wife, before we came out here, guys, I, we had plans. We had, yeah, exactly. That's what I do now. We had all kinds of plans. We had plans for this and plans for that. You know how many of those plans worked out? Not one. Do you know why? Because if it worked out according to my plan, who gets the glory? But it, none of it, guys. None of it worked out my way, so who got the glory? Do you understand what I'm saying, guys? You might be praying for something right now, and I know that you are. You might have a lost loved one. You might have a, 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 a relative that's sick. There might be somebody, come on, can I be real? You might have somebody incarcerated, and you're praying for them to be saved because you know it ain't going to turn out good for them in the end. And you're praying and praying and praying, and it just doesn't seem to be working out the way you prayed it. Well, let me tell you, God just doesn't, he doesn't work according to our will, guys. He works according to his will. He says to them, Lazarus has died. And listen to what he says in verse 15. I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. See, look, that prayer that you're praying, guys, that prayer that you're praying, God is hearing you. He's listening. Come on. And just because it's not panning out the way that you think it's going to pan out, it's going to pan out. It's going to pan out. Why? So that you can believe that it was him. Come on. He's going to make sure that you know that you know that you know this had to be God. There's no other way this, this stuff like this can happen. This had to be God. This is why God is doing it his way. Come on. Now let me skip down here, guys. I'm going to go to verse 17. 17 through 26, it says this, when, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, less than two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. And as soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary remained seated at the house. Now, remember Martha and Mary. I told you we we're going to talk about them a little bit. Everybody knows the story, the, 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 the main story of Martha and Mary. They invite Jesus over, and, and, and Martha, she's, she's going about her business, man. She's getting pots and pans together. She's, you know, getting the sopa. She's getting everything. She's cooking. She's cooking up a storm because Jesus is here. And where's, where's, where's Mary? At the feet of Jesus. Mar and what, what does Jesus say? Martha, 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 Martha. Ay, 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 Martha. Calm down, young lady. He says, you're troubled 
about so many things. Come on, somebody. You're troubled about so many things. And there's only one thing that you need. And Mary seems to have it right. I'm going to tell you guys right now, the feet of Jesus is where everybody in this place needs to be. God knows you have problems, guys. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. Exactly what's going on. He knew what was going to be going on in your life before time began. He knew all of this stuff already. He knows where you're at. But don't trouble yourself about all kinds of things. Quit troubling yourself and trying to fix things on your own. You just got to be where Mary's supposed to be. Where Mary's at. You just got to be at the feet of Jesus. Martha is always, always doing extracurricular things. And Mary just seems to know where she's supposed to be at every single time. If you're going to be a Bible character, be a Mary. Come on, somebody. You just got to be at the feet of Jesus. And think about this. I, I, I did a little bit of study on this, guys. Mary, where, where Mary was, it says that she remained seated in the house. When one, in Jewish custom, when somebody had died in that, in, in that culture there, what they would do is there was a time of Shiva. It's called the time of Shiva where you sit there and you mourn for seven days. She was doing exactly what she was supposed to be doing. But Martha, what does it say? As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to go meet him. And if you know Martha, she was probably tell this guy something he's going to hear about you know i told him four days ago that he was supposed to be here that Martha, when he loved he's love he said he loved him so i won't go over there. and i can just see the attitude i can see the attitude in martha's life you know what i mean and, and what she's doing jeez i told you you remember me martha the one that cooked for you four days ago Four days ago, I told you he was sick. Come on. Guys, we just, this is the thing. The point is, we just got to relax. Just chill out, man. You know, I'm going to tell you this. When you understand who God is, when you understand who God is, it seems to wipe away all of your problems. When you understand the power that Jesus has and that he's in full control, full control, your problems just seem to go away. It, 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 well, let me, let me put it a different way. They don't just go away, but you don't care about them as much as you should. Come on. Having that relationship with God, guys, it doesn't make your, your problems any easier, but it does make them easier. <laughs> Come on. I just came up with that one right there too, brother. Out of the pocket. Man, that's when you know the Holy Spirit is moving. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Verse 21, then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Come on. And Jesus says, your brother will rise again. Now, see, now she's going to get all, all theologian on, on, on Jesus. She's going to get all, you know, I know the Bible. I know what the scripture says because look what she says next. Well, Martha says to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day. But look at Jesus' response. Girl, 
Probably like that. That's the way my Jesus would have said it. And just, just to be honest with you, my Jesus is yoked. <sighs> he ain't no wimp. People want, come on, man. That's not Jesus. I don't think that's Jesus. Anyway. Jesus says to her, listen to what, listen to what Jesus says to her. I am the resurrection. You're looking at the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Listen to this, guys. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Guys, can, are, are you grasping this? The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. You guys understand we are eternal beings, right? We're going to live somewhere. For eternity. When God said, I've created man in my image, that he created him eternal. We're going to be somewhere. And hear me, guys. There's only one of two places we're going to end up. There ain't no middle ground. You're either going to believe in Jesus and surrender your everything, or you're not. You're either going to end up in heaven, or you're going to end up in hell. There is no in-between. Please hear me on that, guys. If you don't get anything else out of this message, please understand you are an eternal being and you're going to spend eternity somewhere. One of two places. Heaven or hell. And guess what? You get to make the choice. I, I, I don't like when people, you know, oh, God wouldn't send me to hell. I'm a pretty nice person. God never sends anybody to hell. People choose hell for themselves. God has made every provision needed for us not to end up in hell. He sent his only begotten son that if anybody believes in him, come on, you don't have to perish, but you can have eternal life with him. I don't know about you guys, man, but you know, when it gets 115 degrees out here and I'm walking and I'm like, God, please save me because I don't want to end up in hell. This is too hot. I can't take this no more. So I go to the mall where there's air conditioning. Movie theater. Oh, yeah, that's my kind of guy right there. That's what I'm talking about. Some popcorn. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Listen to this, guys. Verse 26. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. But here's the question. Do you believe this? That's what it says. He's telling her. But do you believe this? I got to ask you guys a question. Do you believe this? No, 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 no. Don't just nod your head. Look here. Listen, guys, I'm not trying to be mean because there's, you know, that the scariest scripture in the Bible is, is that one that says, not everybody who comes to me and says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus himself, guys, is saying people are going to come up to people after they after they die. They're going to, you know, to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. You're going to be standing in front of Jesus. And Jesus is going to be looking at him like, like, do I know you? Do we know each other? And this Christian, the one who went to church, the one who put some money in the offering plate, the one who helped with outreach, is going to say, Jesus, it's me. It's Sonny. Don't you remember? I preached at Pastor Arch Church. I prophesied in your name. 
I cast out devils in your name. Now listen to me, guys, because that's significant. It says that these people, they did things, they did acts in the name of Jesus. As if Jesus was doing it himself. There was some kind of a connection there, but Jesus still tells them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you work of iniquity. Do you believe? There's all kinds of beliefs, guys. Come on. There's a, there, I, I, I believe I want a, a large pizza after I leave, the, I leave this place. We can believe all kinds of stuff, but look, there's, there's action behind this belief, guys. Hear me on this. There's action behind this belief. Because when you truly believe Jesus, in Jesus, when you really believe that he is the life after this, Come on, when you truly believe that there's something after this and you're going to end up with him, things start to change in your life. Because it's that type of belief where Jesus says, okay, that's, that's the belief I'm talking about. Send him, send her, my Holy Spirit. And all those things, hear me guys, all those things that you struggle with, that you just can't seem to shake, that Holy Spirit gives you power to do that. I'm telling you guys, I was an alcoholic for 10 years, man. I tried everything. I tried every program. I tried uh, uh, groups, AA and NA, and I bought AAA insurance thinking it would help. And it, it, it didn't do nothing for me. It didn't do nothing for me. It wasn't until I hit that rock bottom that I was talking about. Come on. I hit that rock bottom, and then and I had nowhere else to go. And I thought to myself, God, look, if you're there, I, I, I need you to show me something. Because this, this is it. I, I can't take this no more. And quite honestly, God, I would, rather, I would rather be gone from this earth than to keep going. And I'm telling you guys, the only reason I didn't commit suicide is because I was too afraid. I didn't want to be here no more. I didn't like the way my life was going. I didn't like what I was doing to my family. I didn't like what I, what I was doing to my children. I, didn't, I just didn't like that life that I was living and I knew I was looking for an escape and I could not find one until God finally let me hit that rock bottom where I had nowhere else to go. And I said, God, are you there? I need some help. And Jesus said, that's all I was waiting for, son. I was just waiting for you to believe. I was just waiting for you to believe. I lost my place here, guys. I'm sorry. Do you believe this? Let's go to verse 28 real quick, guys. Having said this, she went back and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and he's calling for you. As soon as Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Jesus had not yet in, uh, come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw that Mary got up quickly and went out. They followed her, supposing that she was going to go to the tomb and cry there. And as soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, where did she go, guys? She fell at his feet. She fell at his feet and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. 
And when Jesus saw her crying, and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was deeply moved in his spirit, and he was troubled. And he asked, where have you put him? Lord, they told him, come and see. And Jesus wept. They say this is the shortest verse in the, in the Bible here, guys. But I, I, want, I want to point something out. I want to point out that Jesus has emotions, guys. He cares about you. He cares about where you're at in your life. He cares about those struggles that you have. He cares about them, guys. When nobody else cares, Jesus cares. Come on, I've, I've been in a place, guys, where my own family didn't, they didn't care anymore. I'm crying out for help, not, not in a literal cry out for help, but I'm, I'm, I'm asking for help in a, in a, 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 not with words, I should say. In an unconscious way, I'm asking for help. And nobody cared. But Jesus cares. Jesus cares. He has emotions. Listen, guys, when you're weeping, he's weeping. When you're hurting, he's hurting. When you're feeling anxious, Jesus is not feeling anxious, but he's ready to take that anxious anxiety from you. He's, he's got emotions, guys. He feels for you. Come on. He loves you that much that he feels for you. He cares about where you are. He cares about what you're going through. He even says, come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, so that I can give you some rest. Why? Because you're troubled about so many things. You just need one thing. Just come to me. Just come to me. That's all you got to do. Just come to me. Let me take care of your problems. Let me take care of those situations that you're dealing with right now. I can handle them. Jesus wept. Listen to this. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? Even they seen it, guys. Look how much he loved this guy. I've never seen Jesus cry before, but there he is. Man, he's just weeping for him. See how he loved him. But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb, and it was a cave. And it was a stone. There was a stone that was lying against it. Hear me, guys. Hear me on this. I, I, know, I know that there are struggles in this room right now. I know that you have situations that you're going through right now and it feels like you're in a cave and you can't get out. There's a big stone in front of it. And it's just darkness. It's just darkness. I can't even see a speckle of light in this place, God. I feel like I'm in that cave. Some of us, guys, hear me on this. Some of us has made our hearts a cave. And all that junk is in there. Depression. Anxiety. Addiction. Unforgiveness. Come on, somebody. Name your own one. It's in there. And you've rolled a stone in front of it. And it seems like there's no, there's no hope anymore. I don't know what to do about this anymore. There's death in there. And I don't know what to do about it, Jesus. Lazarus was in a cave. And there was a stone rolled in front of it. He's dead. Come on, somebody. 
He's dead. Sometimes, guys, I'm telling you, we're harnessing death in our hearts. And Jesus does not want that. He wants to give you, he wants to take away that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh so that he can fill it with his Holy Spirit. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. But listen to what Jesus says, guys. Remove the stone. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there is already a stench because he's been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? I'm telling you guys right now, whatever that situation is that you're going through, I'm telling you, didn't Jesus tell you, didn't the beginning of this, this message tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? God is going to glorify himself today, guys. Hear me on this. And I was praying about this because, listen, I don't want you guys to think that I have anything. I ain't got nothing. I got nothing for you. I'm just like you. I got struggles just like you do. I want to be delivered today. I need some freedom in this place today. But Jesus is telling me also, didn't I tell you that if you would just believe, you would see the glory of God? God is going to glorify himself today. So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. Uh oh, did you guys catch that? Did anybody see that? Let me see if I'm reading that right. Yeah. He says, Father, I thank you that you heard me. Not hear me. Heard me. This is past tense. Do you know what that says? That says that even before you entered this room, even before you woke up this morning, Jesus was already praying for you in the spirit. He was already praying for your situation. I thank you that you heard me. Listen to this, guys. This is not up there, but I, I got a note here. Hebrews 7.25 says this. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus is always praying for you. He's always praying for you. He's constantly praying for you. Come on, somebody. He is always praying for you. Father, I thank you that you heard me. And now I know, he says, I know that you always hear me. But because of this crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe you sent me. So whatever happens today, guys, when, this, when, when deliverance happens today, guys, when people are being set free today, guys, you're going to have to know that's happening right now so that you can believe this is real. It's real easy to think that this is some kind of a fairy tale, guys. I promise you. I know. It sounds crazy. When I first heard it, guys, I thought, ah, come on, man. You know, blind eyes seeing and deaf ears, all that stuff. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know about all that. And I'm not going to lie, guys. I haven't really seen blind eyes open. But you know what I did see? I saw somebody who was down, out, broken, alcohol, ridden, get revived. I saw a dead man come to life, and I was that dead man. I saw God through the Holy Spirit do things in me that nothing else was able to do. 
And that's when I knew, okay, God, you're real. This is real, man. This is no joke. You're, you, you've really done something in my life. Listen to me, guys. I was that person that in the morning, well, I'm not even going to say the morning, maybe 2 o'clock in the afternoon because I was drunk the night before, I'd wake up at 2, take my shower, go to the nearest 7-Eleven, get the big old super gulp, that much ice, that much soda, and the rest alcohol. Shake that thing around and drink it all day. When that one ran out, get another one. When that one ran out, get another one. When that one ran out, get another one. When that one ran out, get another Do you understand what I'm saying? Had to have it. I give my life to the Lord. And look, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Look, I didn't automatically just stop drinking and, and everything changed and, and my, my vision came. Well, well I'll, I'll, let me skip that part. But everything just didn't change. Because I will say, guys, I will say, when I gave my life to the Lord, I went to a Catholic church. Because it's all I knew. I didn't know anything else. Come on, a Hispanic in Fresno, California, you just look for the steeple. There's a church. I went in there, and, I, and you know it was crazy because it was kind of empty. And I sat in the pews, and I'm weeping. I'm not lying. I'm weeping. I'm crying. How did my life end up like this, God? I don't understand how I, what, what avenue, where did I turn to end up where I'm at now? And all I can say, look, God, and I remember standing up and I said, look, God, if you're real, show me what you got. Show me what you got. And from that point on, guys, when I walked out of that building, I kid you not, man, when I walked out of that building, it was like blinders were removed from my eyes. Everything just looked brighter. It just, the world looked different to me. When I got home, and I looked at myself in the mirror, I look different. I can't explain it. I don't know. But I just know everything looked different when I gave my life to the Lord. And I know that I know that I know that he filled me with his spirit. And that's what I'm saying. I didn't automatically just stop drinking all of a sudden, guys. It was one of those things that one day after, and this is, this is, this is key right here. Look, if you're not saved in this place and you're going to give your life to the Lord, this is, this is key. Stick with the people of God. Anytime those doors are open, be here. Trust me. Anytime they have an outreach, anytime they have fellowship, be there. Because listen, and you guys probably know this, you're going to become who you hang out with. I say this all the time. If you're hanging out with gangbangers, guess what you're going to become? If you're hanging out with people that do dope, guess what you're going to do? If you're hanging out with Christians, guess what's going to happen? Every time the, the church doors were open, if anybody was, I was inviting myself, man. I probably got obnoxious after a while. I'd walk into places, uh, Sonny, this is a women's meeting. My bad. But I ain't going to lie. I was like this. I listened at the door. I wanted everything God had for me, guys. Everything. I was really sick and tired of my old life. Is anybody sick and tired of your old life? Come on, somebody. You just got to be sick and tired of it, man. And no, you can't get yourself out of that. Do you know why you can't get yourself out of that? Again, because if you got yourself out of it, who would get the glory? God is going to receive it all, guys. Until now, though, 
Jesus said, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? He says that he prayed to the Father, and the Father heard him. Because after this, hold on, let me go, 42. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this, so that they may believe you sent me. After this, he said, he said this, and he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! Lazarus, come out of that cave! The stone has been rolled away. You know what? I, I, I read this one um, little documentary thing. That there's a man by the name of Dwight L. Moody. And he says this. He says that Jesus called Lazarus by name because if he would have said, come out, all the dead people would have came out of their graves. I, I believe that, to be honest with you. I think he had to call him by name. Otherwise, everybody would have raised from the dead. And hear me, guys. Hear me on this. Jesus is calling your situation by name right now. The stone is rolled away. Jesus has already rolled the stone away. Come on. And he's going to start calling these things, these things out by name. Depression, come out. Anxiety, come out. Unforgiveness, come out. Drug addiction. Come out! Being a bad husband, come out! Being a bad child, come out! Bro, you know our wives are saints. We can't, can't do nothing about that one. That's us. He's calling, listen guys, he's calling out your situation right now. Come out and look, you can label it yourself. You know exactly what it is. You know exactly what it is. And he's telling, he's calling that situation to come out right now. The stone is moved, guys. He's calling it to come out. The dead man came out. Bound, listen to this guys, the dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in a cloth and Jesus said to him, unwrap him and let him go. I'm saying right now guys, in the name and the power and the authority of Jesus Christ by his Holy Spirit, that whatever struggle that you have right now, I'm saying in the name of Jesus, let him go. Let him go. Let him go. Let them go. This is a child of the living God. Let him go now. Take off those death clothes. Unwrap him. Those are, those are clothes that represent death. Take them off. They don't belong on us, guys. We are children of the living God. We are not to be bound by anything. Come on, somebody. Take those death clothes off. And I'm not saying this. I speak by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right now, guys, somebody's being set free even right now. You're being set free even right now. As a matter of fact, I feel like somebody's been being set free since I started. You know why? Because it's not me. It is God himself. God is moving in this place. And Jesus is saying, let them go. Let them go. 
Now, we'll bring this to an end, guys. Can we go over to uh, the next chapter? Chapter 12. I just want to read two verses out of this. Chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says this. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, the one Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him. They gave a dinner for Jesus. They gave a dinner for him there. Martha was serving, just like usual. And get this part right here, guys. And Lazarus. And Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. From the tomb to the table. From the death clothes to dining with Jesus. From being in a cave to supping with the Lord. Come on, somebody. Jesus wants to take somebody in this place from the tomb and put them at the table. You know what this reminds me of, guys? This reminds me of, of I believe it's 2 Kings chapter 9. I might be wrong about that. 2 Kings chapter 9. Let me give you a, a brief history on this. Saul, remember, everybody remember King Saul? He turned wicked. He turned against David. He tried to kill him. He, he, he threw some, some spears and, and tried to kill him a couple times. Remember that? And, and, and it's because he was jealous and he was already uh, renounced as king. God said, you're no longer king. I've anointed King David. And David is going to take over. And now David has won. He's, he's, he's assumed the throne now. And Saul is dead. His son, Jonathan. Remember Jonathan? Jonathan was David's real close friend. They're both dead. Now, culturally speaking, hear me on this, guys. Culturally speaking, when a new king took over from another king, what that king was supposed to do was wipe everybody out. Why? So that nobody would retaliate. So this new king would wipe out the entire family of the old king. But listen to what David says. Because listen, guys, David is a representation of Jesus in that scripture, in that book. And he says this. He says, is there anybody of the house of Saul, the one who was trying to kill me, is there anyone of the house of Saul whom I can bless for my good friend Jonathan's sake? And I believe one of the, one of the servants said, uh, there's one. He's, he's, he's crippled. He's lame in his feet. There were the, the, the city was going to war and his caretaker, when he was a child, picked him up and tried to run with him and she fell and messed up his legs. He can't walk. He's lame in his feet. His name is Mephibosheth. And David says, bring him to me. So now, now get this, guys. So David's, pretty, probably David's army, went over to a place called Lodabar. This is where Mephibosheth was, guys. Hear me on this. Mephibosheth, he can't use his legs. He's living in Lodabar. And I'm thinking he's hiding out because he knows that if the king finds out that I'm alive, he's going he's to want to kill me. He's going to want to take me out. So he's in, he's in Lodabar, which means deserted. It means empty. It means there's nothing there. He's in a desert. Hello. 
He's in Lodabar. And David sends for him. And they say, are you Mephibosheth? He says, yeah, I am. I'm him. I knew this time was coming. I kind of figured this was going to happen eventually. David found out that I'm alive, huh? He says, the king, is, the king wants to talk to you. Let's just do this. Let's get it over with. Just take me. Take me over there. So now he's at the king's palace. And David says, so you're Mephibosheth, right? You're, you're, you're Jonathan's son? He says, yes. Yes, king, your servant is here. Well, what, what can I do? What, what can I do? And I'm thinking, guys, in the back of his mind, he's thinking, he, this guy's just going to cut my head off right here in front of everybody. The last remaining descendant of Saul, he's going to take me out. But remember, David is a representation of Jesus who is full of grace and mercy, guys. Full of grace and mercy. And he says, from now on, I want everything. Listen to this, guys. I want everything that Saul ever owned to be restored to Mephibosheth. All of his servants are going to be your servants now. And you will never cease to have a spot at my table. From the tomb to the table. God wants to take somebody out of their tomb today, guys. He wants to take somebody out of their tomb today. Can we bow our heads real quick? From the tomb 